Welcome to the Gospel Everyday Podcast, following along with Mariner's Church Annual Read. There is unlimited grace for us today, no matter what happens because of who Jesus is and what he has done. This year, we're journeying together through the book of Proverbs in the pursuit of wisdom. So glad you're tuning in. I'm Steve Bingley, your host. This episode uh, kicks off a few episodes where we're going to explore the intersection between God and his sovereignty and and human suffering and and how wisdom guides us in this process. You know, it's kind of a peculiar thing, isn't it? When you see bad things happen to good people or when you see things and tragedies happen and and you know God is powerful and, and he was powerful enough to stop it. And you also know he's loving, and, and so it almost seems odd that the God who is loving wouldn't stop suffering. Uh, this is what's been traditionally known as the problem of evil, that God must either be loving but not powerful, or he's powerful but unli- unloving, because if you were both, it doesn't explain or account for all the suffering and the problems that we see in the world today. Well, you know, if the intersection between these things uh, is challenging enough, we read today's passage. Uh, It's the same passage that we're going to read for the subsequent two episodes, and it really pours some gasoline on this idea. This passage is a scene in which God and Satan, yes, God and Satan, they're actually having a conversation, and it goes like this in Job 1, verses 9 to 12. The Word of God reads, Satan answered the Lord, Does Job fear God for nothing? Haven't you placed a hedge around him, his household, and everything he owns? You have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. But stretch out your hand and strike everything Job owns, and he will surely curse you to your face. Very well, the Lord told Satan. Everything he owns is in your power. However, do not lay a hand on Job himself. So Satan left the Lord's presence. And well, we know that the next few chapters, verses, it shows uh, just great destruction occurring in Job's life. And so, you know, this passage, I mean, it it almost sounds a little crazy uh, because God and Satan are having a conversation. You know, Job is like someone that the Lord really loves. And Satan's like, well, of course he loves you. I mean, you've given him so many things, but why don't we take away a few things? And I bet you that his love for you is contingent and dependent on all the favor that you've given to him and and the lord says all right go ahead i mean yeah go ahead like take some stuff away but but you just can't take his own life you can hurt him but you know you can't take his own life and 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 then satan leaves i mean it, it really sounds crazy like god and satan are in a chess match and human beings or job in this case uh is like a pawn in their competition and maybe you felt that way before where maybe there was a time in your life where you endured some kind of suffering or trial or pain. It might have been a time where maybe you lost your job and that provided that brought in great stress and conflict and it was a it was a really stressful time. Or maybe for some listeners there was a relational pain that you endured and experienced. It might have been in a, a toxic toxic relationship. Or maybe you went through a really painful divorce. Or maybe uh, there was just so much misunderstanding and there was argumentation and it just got really ugly. Or maybe you're someone that you see all the pain uh, in the world, 
and all the suffering and and you just ask how how isn't god powerful isn't he loving why won't he do something and so when we see this passage and when we see uh just we, we see this problem of evil at work, and it's really hard, especially in this passage, to try to unknot all that. So, so how do we uh, handle this? How do we approach this seeming contradiction and emotional tension with wisdom? What is the wise approach? Well, here's what we know. And sometimes when we find ourselves in concepts or ideas or theological issues where it just seems really just to confound logic, we can start by pointing out what is evident and what we can bank on. Here's what we know, even just from this passage. Number one, God permits, but God does not cause the suffering. Now, that's a big difference because causing the suffering is to inflict. It's it's an action of direct harm, and, and clearly, God is not directly harming Job. However, God does permit now, permission is, is something radically different because that means that there's a deeper underlying reason, and it may be a reason that's not known to us. It may not be a reason that was made known to, to Job, and we're going to find out later on that he never gave reasons, but there's an underlying reason. So number one, God permits, but he does not cause the suffering. Secondly, we know that God is in control. I mean, this passage that we read, God is commanding Satan. He, he you know, he he uh, draws a line. He says, "You can't take his life. You can't. Here's what you can do. Here's what you cannot do." God commands the universe. I mean, you know, when we think about the Genesis account, He made everything just by the breath of His word. That's how much in control God is of the universe. Which means that. Even in suffering, even in trials, even in hardships, there can and there must be a deeper underlying reason. Even if we don't know what those reasons are, we can know that God has reasons. I love Tim and Kathy Keller's quote in the devotional. They say, God does not actively generate the evils and suffering. But they go on to say, but on the other hand, God is still in absolute control. So you, you see that tension? On the one hand, he's not actively causing the evil. Yet on the other hand, he's still in control. And so we're, we're invited to hold the tension of both. Now, here's, here's why this is a struggle for us. Number one, this does not fit nicely into a, a neat little box, right? I mean, there, there appears to be, at least from our vantage point, from with our human minds, there appears to be gaps uh, in how to understand this, right? It's like, wait a minute, but, but, but God still, you know, talk to Satan, and why doesn't he just stop Satan? And so it, it's hard for us because it doesn't fit nicely into a box. But number two, and secondly, we here, especially in the West— we don't really have good categories for human suffering, right? We, we don't really see a purpose for human suffer, suffering, which, by the way, is not the majority view of suffering uh, according to the, the majority world and majority history. When you look at cultures uh, over history, they had reasons and purposes for how they understood why suffering existed and how to view suffering. But clearly, this is not the view of God, you know, where, where God does have his reasons. I mean, think for a moment about uh, the time where we see the greatest intersection of human suffering 
and yet at the same time, God being in control and God being sovereign. I mean, that's Jesus. Jesus on the cross. I mean, there was no greater evil. There was no greater suffering uh, in the history of mankind. And yet, there is no greater example of God's love and his purposes and his plans. So, was not God loving? Yes, Jesus laid down his life for us. Was God not powerful? Yes, he was. Yet, did Jesus suffer? Greatly. Was there a plan? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so what does this mean for us? Here, here's what Tim and Kathy Keller say. They say, we have to know that God in no way enjoys seeing us in pain. And yet, we need to know that there's a plan behind it. You know, I, I struggle with Christian cliche. Things like, you know, God has a plan. God has a plan. And, and there, are, there have been so many times in my life, and even now still, where I'm just like, please don't say that. That is so not, that is so insensitive at this moment. And, you know, we have to be wise in, you know, how we say certain things, when we say certain things. But to say God has a plan uh, and to believe that it may be one of the first steps in navigating uh, the intersection of God's sovereignty and yet human suffering. It may be one of the first steps in navigating that, that tension with skill, with wisdom. And so I want to ask you, w- will you trust him today? You know, I, I don't know how God's sovereignty and your suffering is intersecting today, but whatever that might be, would you even if you can't fully comprehend it, would you take a moment to trust him? Would you look to the cross and see how God is in control even in the midst of that? And so would you turn to him? Let's pray together. God, help us. Help us to journey with you whether we understand the reasons for our suffering, whether we understand or even see how you could be in control that as we see the cross, that we would know and believe that you have a plan that even if we can't understand that plan help us to trust you thank you in jesus name amen thanks so much for allowing us to be a part of your day please be sure to subscribe and share you can tune in tomorrow for fresh new content and remember no matter what happens there is unlimited grace for us today because of who jesus is and what he has done For questions about service times and more, you can access all information about Mariner's Church by downloading the Mariner's app at your favorite app store, visiting the website at marinerschurch.org, or by finding us on Instagram, Instagram handle Mariner's Church. Till next time, have a great day.